All right, all right. Um, I'm just going to get comfortable and just speak as if I'm amongst friends. I am amongst friends, so I'm just going to speak from my heart. And um, I'm going to continue from where Gordon preached last week. Um, he touched on Joshua chapter 3. So today we'll be looking at Joshua chapter 4. But before we get into that, I want to start a little differently this morning. I want to share my testimony. And um, I remember, I remember, I remember. <laughs> Keep your minds on that word remember because that's the key word today. Okay, my testimony. The Bible says in Revelations that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So January the 7th. 2013, I was radically touched by God. Um, I was living my life my own way. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household, um, went to church, knew about Jesus, but didn't know Jesus for myself. And um, God radically visited me in a dream. Um, in a dream, I literally died and I found myself in the courts of heaven. Um, in a dream, I came into this small room. And in this room, there were two soldiers, two big soldiers. And I looked at them, and they looked at me. And they said, we're going to take you somewhere. And they took me to this big room, almost like this room. But imagine the walls are just glass. And outside of the walls, you can see the whole earth. You can see everything. So... In this room, I saw a line of people just lining up, and I knew they'd been damned to hell. And for the life of me, I was afraid. And I tried to wake myself up from the dream. I tried to wake myself up from the dream. Uh, nothing happened. And in the corner of the room, I saw Satan, and I saw Judas Iscariot. Um, it wasn't them per se. I saw them, and I knew that that's who they represented. Um, and the devil turned to me and said, you're not going anywhere. And when he said that, suddenly, boom, a bright light just shone in my face. And it was the presence of Jesus. And I fell to my face, screaming, crying, and repenting. Jesus, give me a second chance. Give me a second chance and I'll tell the world about you. Give me a second chance. I'll tell the world about you. And suddenly I woke up. And it was four o'clock in the morning and I was crying. And the urgency... The only one thing I wanted to do at four o'clock in the morning is run out onto the streets and say, Jesus is alive. You know, I didn't know much, but the urgency hit me like, I, I don't know how to share the gospel, but I just need to go out and tell people Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. And I believe we're in a generation right now who are very, very hungry for an encounter. And what we're seeing in, in, in the United States at Asbury, the revival, yes, is so powerful. Yeah, amen? Yeah. Amen. Young people are crying out for God, worshipping God in purity, in, in just, no, just purity and just hunger for, for God. So I'll start there because that's going to lead me nicely into our scripture for today. We're going to be looking at memorial stones today. Repeat after me, memorial stones. 
Okay, so we're going to go into Joshua chapter 4. And if anyone can read for me, that would be amazing. I might stop you at certain points. But someone who has a, a loud, big voice could read for me, that would be amazing. Um, we're going to go from Joshua chapter 4. Do we have a microphone? Yeah. 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 If you could read from verse 1 to 6, I'll st- stop you after verse 6, and then, yeah, that'd be amazing. Okay, great. When the whole nation had finished pressing before them, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from the right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the numbers of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Lord of the Covenant, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israelites forever. Okay, fantastic. And then it says, eight, it says, Thus the Israelites did as Joshua had commanded them. They took up the twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan, one from each tribe of Israel, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them to the camp where they set them down. So here we see... The priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they're standing in the midst of the Jordan and they have a commandment from God to pick up these stones. We might, we might feel like these stones are just tiny stones, but they weren't stones. They were, they were almost like big boulders that they carried on their shoulders. And the command was to take these stones or these boulders and set them in the promised land where they were because God brought them through the Jordan, and these were to be used as memorials to remember uh, the good things that God has done for them, bringing them and delivering them through the Jordan. There was, a, there was no way through, but God made a way through the Jordan. He, he brought the waters down, and he made a way where there seemed to be no way. So with these memorial stones, they said, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? It says, you will tell them that this is what the Lord has done for, for us. This is how he's delivered us. This is how he's brought us through. 
These are what we look at as a sign to remember what God has done for us. These boulders were set up almost as a pillar to remember the good things that God has done for them. And in this day and age, we have things that we can look at, our testimonies, our blessings, that when we look to, not that we idolize it, but we see the good things that God has done for us. So this is the story of uh, what Joshua 4 is about. These memorial stones that were brought out of the Jordan, set up and used to remember the good things that God had done for them. So we're going to continue reading and it gets quite interesting in verse 9. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into it. It says, I'll read verse 9, it says, Joshua also set up, so Joshua also, also being the key word here, set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan, in the place where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant stood, and the stones are there till this day. So, we have four, sto- four stones, we have 12 stones that were brought out of the midst of the Jordan and brought into the Promised Land, and then we have another 12 stones that were placed in the middle of the Jordan till this day. So if it's till this day, that means the waters have covered it. So I'll bring a little bit of meaning to that. Um, There's been a number of interpretations, but what I feel, and you don't have to take my interpretation for it, but what the Holy Spirit speaks to you, um, I'm just going to throw a thought out there. It's a good thought, I guess, to to think about. these stones in the middle of the Jordan, where the waters cover now, till this day, I believe where the stones were brought out speaks of salvation. Where the stones are still there today speaks of an opportunity to preach the gospel, an opportunity for deliverance, and a work to be done for all of us in this, in this place, to preach the gospel with truth, with power, with clarity, and to have our eyes set on that people are hungry for an encounter, people are hungry to be brought out of a place where they feel they're under the weight, you know. So, let's read on, verse 10. Could you read verse 10 onwards for us, please? Nice, loud voice. And then we're going to come back into it. Verse 10 to the end.
Amen. Amen. So this was to see that the hand of the, of the Lord is mighty and that we will fear the Lord our God. So here we have God commands the Israelites to cross the Jordan River, which has stopped so miraculously. And it's almost a picture of what God did for the uh, Israelites at the Red Sea when he parted the Red Sea and brought them through the Red Sea and defeated um, Pharaoh and his army. So, I'm going to read here. It says, Joshua led the 12 tribes, of, 12 tribes to remove boulders from the riverbed, which they erected in the Promised Land and in the place called Gilgal. The place called Gilgal is called the Circle of Stones. That's the interpretation of Gilgal. It's called the Circle of Stones. So we have stones which represent the 12 tribes of Israel, the family of Jacob, and his sons, um, including Ephraim and Manasseh, um, who are also part of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, Levi and, I believe, Joshua are somewhat parts of the 12 tribe, but because they had their own land. Um, they weren't really part of the 12 tribes, but they had their own family and tribe. It says, however, these stones are appreciated not just by those who witnessed the miracle, but... Joshua 4 verse 21 to 22 explains that in the future your children will ask what do these stones mean and in this day and age we have a, a generation of people who ask us what does this mean people are searching people are hungry what does this mean what does this faith mean what does your faith mean to you because people are hungry people are crying out it says you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan onto dry ground God longs for us to proclaim his goodness to the future generations. So, what does this mean for us? Yeah? What, what is the principle of this? This is to see that when we look to things, it can remind us, like for me, my testimony reminds me of the good, goodness of God, the saving grace of God. Each and every one of you have a testimony that reminds you of the goodness of God. We can also look to things that reminds us of the goodness of God and the power of God. Almost like the cross, which is 
a symbol of Christ's death and resurrection. He died for us. We look at the cross not as uh, just a cross where the physical cross, but we see what Jesus has done for us. We remember the sacrifice on the cross when he died for us and he rose again on the third day. The cross is a symbol of, of death, of torture, of sacrifice. And Jesus, who came down pure, free from sin, hung on the cross, died for our shame, took upon him the weight that was supposed to be us. And he died on the cross. And we see the cross and we remember the good things that God has done for us. It's a type of memorial stone, you know. We see the cross and we remember the good things that God has done for us. Because there's power in that. So I'm reminded of a song. Uh, I'm sure some of you might know the song. Uh, all of you might know the song. It's, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Amen. Even the one blessing that you can remember reminds you of the goodness of God. God has been faithful in all of our lives. Yeah. Thank the Lord. We're going to be going into groups soon, and we're going to be delving into some different scriptures. But I want to read something before I go into that. Okay. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's 1 Corinthians 1.18. I mentioned that because I want to look at verse 9 again, where... We had the stones that are still today in the midst of the Jordan. The opportunity. People may see the cross and not know what the cross symbolizes or what it means. But we've been given this powerful gospel to preach the, the gospel with power and with conviction and with with our testimonies and with conviction of what God has done for us. You know, we become witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to preach the gospel. It's not that we witness, we become witnesses. It flows out of us in our daily life, as we, as we go out onto the streets, in our workplaces, as God gives us opportunity to spread the gospel. So, if someone asks you, what does the cross mean? What's, what's the meaning of this? Um, you tell them it's the power of God unto salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for every believer. So we've been given this powerful opportunity. We've been given this command, this great commission to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And we do this in remembrance of him. Yeah? So I don't know how long we've got, but I feel like I'm, I'm flying through. Have I still got more time? Wow, powerful. So I'm going to read a bit of a, of a chunk, and I hope it brings some clarity and meaning. Just track with me here. I wrote here, God is a mighty deliverer. We have seen how the children of Israel... Forgive me. All right. God is a mighty deliverer. We have seen how the children of Israel consecrated themselves to God and held on to the promises 
that, will, that he will do great and mighty things in their sight, bringing them through the Jordan River just as he brought them through the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptians and Pharaoh's army. We can remember the good things that God has done for us in our lives as we have these things that we can even point to and remind us of the faithfulness and his delivering power. I'm sure there's been times in our lives where we've thought, God, there's, there's no way. I need you right now. And God has pulled through. Yeah? He's, he's been a mighty deliverer for us. And um, he's been all-powerful in, um, in the way he's delivered us. Yeah? So let's just take some time to even reflect on the good things that God has done for us. It's like even if we can, I want you to, to spend five minutes even right now just to reflect on one thing that God has done for you. One thing that God has delivered you from, brought you through, that you thought there was no way. And then with a heart of thanksgiving, I want you to just thank him. Do this in the, in the stillness of your heart to the Lord. Just five minutes. blessings and name them one by one. Thank God for his faithfulness as we come with hearts of thanksgiving, hearts of remembrance. a little caveat there that in all things our eyes need to look to Jesus we may have things that remind us of the goodness of God but it is so 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 important not to idolize objects and make things put things in the place of Jesus and the demarcation is that these things have to point us to Jesus to look to him and his faithfulness um, we cannot look to relics. Um, it's good to have a collection of things to to point out and say, "Oh, this reminds me of this." Uh, I <laughs> I love about it is like I have a collection of, you know, I don't know if you know Catherine Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. I have Catherine Goodman's chair, and it reminds me. It's not that we're, we're drawing power off the chair, you know, or, or we have things that objects that you know bring us power, but it puts our focus to a faithful God. Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. Not to idolize things, but to fix our eyes on Jesus daily. Yeah, the cross is a symbol. His body and blood is a symbol. What we did today by having communion is a symbol. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. So I want to read here. It says, we have several stones. Stone memorials placed in the Old Testament days. Jacob set up a stone at Bethel after God revealed to him in a dream that he had deserted him. Jacob laid his head on a stone. Stones are hard. Stone pillow. (laughs) I'm reminded of Jesus and I always laugh at this. I said, we as Christians should have a prophetic pillow, you know. Because Jesus, when he was in the midst of the storm, he, he laid his head on the pillow, said the Jesus pillow. You know? <laughs> so, but that's a, it's a sign of something. It's a sign. It says here that how awesome is this place? You know, This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is from Genesis 28, 16 to 17. After the, the Massen Philistines armies had been destroyed by a thunderstorm, Samuel also set up a stone and named it Ebenezer, the stone of help. Ebenezer means stone of help. Thus far has the Lord helped us. That's 1 Samuel 7 verse 12. You're going to make a note and read that. Memorials give us a future generation, a point of reference, so that we don't forget the significance of God's past dealings with us. Nor are these memorials always set in stone. A bit of pun there. After the Exodus, God instructed the people to remember the deliverance out of Egypt through the Passover feast. This to this very day. On the Passover night, Jewish families prompt the youngest child to ask the ancient question. Why is this night different from other nights? There we have a question. And the father would reply by telling the story of God's great redemption. And of the sacrificial blood and the lamb of each Israelite doorpost and lentils and bread and the dough freshly made before the yeast was added. And the awesome crossing through the Red Sea. So when they had these feasts, when they came together, when they put the blood on the doorpost, the, the children would ask them, why are we doing this? And it's a sign for us to, you know, to tell these stories. And us as the older generation, I, I still see myself quite young. We have, <laughs> we have a mandate to you know, tell our children and to, to bring our children up in the way of the Lord by telling them the stories and the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Bringing them up to, to bring up the next generation. To fill them with stories and you know, miraculous testimonies of God's faithfulness. The awe and wonder of it all. And um, I want us to look, I want us to divide ourselves into three groups and look at um, time. Oh, I want us to quickly divide ourselves into three groups and um, look at three scriptures really quickly together. Um, how can we do this? One, two, three. Jonathan, can you help me out? Do you want to take the back group? Yeah? That would be great. So, group one, group two, group three. I don't know. Uh, so, from Jonathan this way, group one. 
Group two and group three. Everyone here? That's a big group. That's a big group. Uh, yeah? Does that work? Yeah. What's up? Yeah, just really quickly, this will, this will not take too long. But I just want to really focus on two main scriptures here. Um, so one group, if you can look at Matthew 26, verse 6 to 13. Verse 6 to 13. And the second group, if you can look at... Luke twenty two nineteen and Matthew twenty six twenty eight. Matthew twenty six twenty eight. And really quickly, um, the question is: What do these scriptures say to you about remembrance for us today? And that's the yeah. What do just for the sake of time? I don't want to put too much on. So what do these scriptures say to us about remembrance for us today? Pardon? Um, Matthew 26, 6 to 13. And another group. Uh, if you could do Luke twenty two nineteen. 19. Luke 22, verse 19. And the last one is Matthew twenty six twenty eight. And the question is, what do these scriptures say to us about remembrance for today? Sorry to cut you short, I'm just a bit mindful of time. 
Um, if we could go to each group and just quickly just touch on one of the verses and how it speaks to you, that'd be great. Um, group back there. Nice loud voice. So we mentioned, we got mentioned verse 19. Yep. And um, it's just about breaking the bread in remembrance of God and what he's done for us and Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah. And um, we just mentioned about like, just between taking the, the bread and the wine and then doing it in remembrance of him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just being thankful, thankful on us and just thankful for what he's done. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you for that. Couldn't um, add anything to that. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, to always do this in remembrance of him, which is a command and how we remember the sacrifices and what he's done for us. Anyone? Yeah, yeah. The grace of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Anyone want to touch on Matthew 26, 6 to 13 really quick? Yeah? Yeah. 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 Powerful, yeah. So we see here um, Mary pouring out the oil on on Jesus, and it's a it's a picture of worship and devotion and reverence. And we see how Jesus is a, a sign of what He's going to do for us. But at the end, there there's something quite key right at the end. It said that this testimony will be used as a memorial, and that memorial is that she will be remembered because of what she had done. And in this, in our lives, we pray that we will also be remembered for the testimony we, we say about Jesus, for preaching the gospel, that our lives can also be a memorial as well. That we are living memorials, we are living stones, you know, that Jesus lives in, his spirit dwells in, and we can preach the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have that mandate to preach the gospel, we have that mandate to share testimony, the Great Commission. And finally, um, I'll just quickly touch on the last one. It's the same as the breaking of the bread. It says, this is my blood, my covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. So the blood is a sign of, of his atonement for us, is how he's washed us in his precious blood, cleansed us. Yes, amen. And how we... Yes, spread from curses. Well iniquities and um, how his blood is poured out on us and on our children and our children's children. Amen. So time has really gone by quick and I'm going to just pray really quickly and then we'll end there.